It gets better, ordered another round. 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 It gets better, or it gets better. It's about to go down. Yo, what's going on? This is the Pastor Two Podcast, and we are your host, TJ Barnes and Jody Coleman. What's happening, my guy? Hey, man, it's a pleasure to be here, man. How you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. I, I got a, I got a couple questions for you before we get into like the 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 good parts of the show. Have you noticed that in sports that COVID has gone away? And like b- b- before you react to what I said, you think about the Super Bowl and the playoffs going through going through all that. Before that, you had it seemed like every week throughout the NFL season last year there was somebody getting that couldn't play or be, being held back because they tested positive for COVID and stuff. And and then you get to like the playoffs and the Super Bowl is like it just magically went away. And you get to the NBA season, you see a couple people missing missing games or whatever because of COVID or what whatnot. And then we get to the playoffs and it's just magically go, go has gone away. So how do you feel? Like, do you feel like they lo- loosened restrictions a little bit as far as, like, testing uh, goes or, are cool, like, somebody tested positive or whatnot, we're just going to test them back real quick and then see if they were able to play or whatnot. And, I, and one of the biggest guys that was held back was LeBron James. So how do you feel about uh, the COVID testing and going to the playoffs? Well, I, I do agree that the COVID testing has – you know, I, what I'm hearing, the politics of it is that they was only testing if you had symptoms. So mm-hmm. a lot of people that was testing positive for COVID, even last year or when when it first had came about, was having no symptoms because they were asymptomatic of the right. particular disease. Uh, I don't know. It's just, it, it is kind of, you know, peculiar that some of these guys are not going out. I did just see Paul George not playing the um, playing game, which may have cost them an opportunity to make it to mm-hmm. the playoffs by not being in uniform because of COVID. Uh, prior to that, it had Devin Booker in a regular season, and then you had uh, Paul um, Chris Paul that didn't play. But you're not seeing significant amount of players like we did prior to having COVID, which is I guess we want to say it's a good thing because now right. not only are people not going out being sick, but more importantly people are not dying from this deadly mm-hmm. disease. So, I mean, I guess the, the vaccinations may be working. Uh, I think the protocol that they do with the player, because they do still test the players weekly. They still test them weekly, but I think it's when they have symptoms. So, I mean, to be honest with you, I know it's a lot of politics around COVID, but I think in all actuality, it may be a great thing that's going on, and maybe we have turned the corner mm-hmm. with, with modern medicine by getting this deadly disease under control. Maybe. I just think it's just this funny around like when it's around the most important time of the that sport it seems like all the negative testing and stuff and people being held back is um not as adherent or whatnot and another thing i got for you when was the last time you watched uh i don't know if you're big in college football like like i am but when was the last time you watched louisville Wow. Uh, actually, I watched them in a bowl game. I think mm-hmm. it was this year. They had a they got a kid on their team that ran like a four one forty wide receiver. But I mean, they're even though I'm from the Midwest, uh, Louisville is not a team that I particularly watch on a regular basis because this is mm-hmm. this is Big Ten country up here in Ohio. I understand. I understand. So we I'm, I'm, we got the Big Ten network. So you know, 
uh, a lot of the ACC games, if they come on, is maybe if Louisville plays like a Florida State, perhaps that game comes on mm-hmm. in this area. But to be honest, I probably hadn't watched the whole game since they had Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and that brings me up to the point I was about to make. Like, I haven't watched certain teams since, like, certain players left, like Louisville with Lamar Jackson. I haven't watched a down of them since he left. Um, the Miami Heat since Dwayne Wade left. I haven't watched them like in like the regular season, like like I used to when Dwayne Wade was there or when LeBron James was there or whatever. And I was like, man, does that make me like a, a casual or whatnot? And um, instead of just being like a, a true fan, like oh yeah, just because like they have a couple great players, that's the only reason why you pay attention and stuff. And then once they leave, you're just on to like the next team or whatever. Well, that's that's a you know when you're looking at college football and basketball, you know those guys are only going to be there for a limited time. You know what I'm saying? You got those one guys that could be super seniors that be there for four to five, six years because they got red shirted, then they got gray shirted, all those different shirts that you have. But the thing about it is that is the significant. If you're not a homegrown like fan of that particular uh, college, like I'm I'm an Ohio State guy, so I'm always like Ohio State. Uh, but sometimes you catch a liking for other teams outside of your region. Like in college basketball, I used to be an Arkansas Razorbacks fan back in the early, in the mid nineties when they had Corliss Williamson and, and uh, uh, Scotty Thurman and Corey Beck, th- guys like that. So I would catch them and like them, but that didn't necessarily make me an Arkansas Razorback fan just for that period of time that they had. So, but I'm going to always be Ohio State fan. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know if you want to call them casual. It's just sometimes it's just the where you live at. You know, yeah, those I, those games come on, you know, so. I understand. It's like even, like, even growing up, um, watching Arkansas, you know, I haven't watched Arkansas since Darren McFadden and Felix Jones were there, you mm. know, and that's like, that's that's probably like damn near 10 years ago. And um, it's like, it's like, it, it kind of exposed me a little bit because like I need to, you know, start paying attention to all these teams since I say I love college football, but I haven't watched, you know, certain te- these well, certain teams since like, some of their best players in that team's history has left. So, um, but moving on a little bit, I don't know if you um, watched this league premiere this past weekend, the USFL, they had just premiered. And um, I just want to get your thoughts on like these spring leagues that are coming back or trying to make football like a year round thing. Well, at least being able to watch, because you know what in the NFL, it's like, it's, it's not a year round playing season, but it's like, it's always something. At the end of something like um, at the you have the Super Bowl, then you have like the off season free agency and stuff, or the Pro Bowl off season free agency, the NFL draft, then you have OTAs and stuff, and then you have that little small break around like the end of June, July, where there's really nothing going on. Then we got training camp and the season, and it's a revolving window. So, what do you think about these teams like the XFL, USFL, and other spring leagues that have? come into the equation that are trying to do spring ball. You know what? I kind of like it because the USFL gives more guys opportunities that we may have missed, that we right. may not have the opportunity to get to their dream where you were, you were, you were an NFL player and, and, and you got to live your dream. You got to do something that you want to do since you was a little kid. And these other guys are not getting the opportunity because they don't have the exposure because right. if we think about in the NFL where they drop that one 
that one preseason game, that one preseason game is going to get, cut a lot of people's dreams. And we go back and think back when Terrell Davis was playing for the Denver Broncos. I don't know if you remember right. this, but he came in as a fullback out of team. Georgia. He made a special teams tackle in the last game of the preseason that saved him a job. And then the starting running back came into the season, got hurt. He took over at running back, and the rest was history. He's a Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winning running back. But you take just think back then if they didn't have that last preseason game. But now that you put the US, USFL and the other different leagues that are playing, you're giving more eyeballs to guys that have the potential to make it to the NFL and maybe just need a little bit more polishing. So I, I'm off. All for mm-hmm. football, man. Football every day, man. I know people's bodies can't take <laughs> football like that, but as a casual fan, people are going to enjoy. It. I'm a I'm a mega fan, so I'm definitely going to enjoy it. I, I peep some of the games, man. You see some of the guys that you hadn't seen in a few years that was playing on teams that you might have seen glimpses on. Remember when you had the, uh, the ESPN top ten, and you see some mm-hmm. of the guys. You see some of those guys on these USFL teams, and they give them an opportunity to play on a bigger stage with NFL coaches, with NFL-ready uh, offenses and defenses and complex uh, connections that they have with the NFL. I like it, man. I really like it. Like, I really do like the USFL. I think it's unique because and it has, like, a, a different situation than, like, the XFL two years ago and the AF uh, the year before that because – all the games are being played in Birmingham, Alabama, at Legion Stadium, where the old Iron Bowl games versus uh, Alabama and Auburn used to play it. And like being that everything is all in one place and it's not you don't have to travel to go anywhere, which is going to cut down costs, and which is one of the reasons why the XFL had folded, other than that and COVID. And then you had the AAF not having enough money uh, to last the entire season, so that's going to cut back on a lot of that. And then, it, like you said, it's given like a lot of the players who were like the on that borderline who were like going to make the 50 the, the roster stuff another opportunity to play being that that fourth preseason game was cut short and I was one of the guys who needed that fourth preseason game to solidify like hey you need to uh you need you need that extra game to like hey this can this guy play and it was more so like in my case all right cool can you does he have the conditioning to play like a, a whole game which is kind of crazy because you never really play a whole a whole game unless you're like the quarterback or uh, a different position or whatever. But and I would go against like and this is when Chip Kelly like my fourth preseason game preseason game was always against Chip Kelly and he's known to have those up tempo type of offenses and stuff. So I had to go out and showcase like, hey, is he conditioned enough to play against these teams and stuff? And I remember my last one versus Chip Kelly. I think it was like seventy plays in the first half. Mm. And so, yeah, crazy. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, the USFL, it, it gives, like, guys who are on that borderline, the fringe area, or didn't just get the opportunity or just, like, who needed an extra um, an extra shot to say, hey, I can play in the professional uh, in the professional game and stuff. And, and it just gives them that one-on-one time that they might not have gotten in, like, training camp or OTA and stuff. Because sometimes – Coaches do like sometimes they don't coach everybody. Like when it gets time to you, like when you're in the threes or whatever, they don't give like it's, they might cut the film off or they might run out of time or whatever. So you have to you know coach yourself sometimes and stuff. So and I, I was blessed enough to always be on like on, in the twos and stuff. So I always got that that coaching that I needed. But like there are always cases like that and stuff. So I'm happy for guys that um 
are in this league and I'm getting an opportunity to showcase the talent and stuff. I see like a lot of my former teammates out there, Luis Perez, Toby Johnson, and others and stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy for it. And it actually looks like it's going to be something that's going to uh, be able to complete a season versus how the XFL was cut short because of COVID and the AAF the year before um, the year before that was cut short because they didn't have enough funding. So. But think about this, too. Uh, the NFL have added that 17th game, and I've always yeah. been an advocate of the NFL <coughs> expanding their roster at least by three mm-hmm. positions to be on from a 53-man to like a 56-man because that one mm-hmm. game can put a lot of stress on the bodies of these NFL players. So right. I think that if you have the USFL, which you can use kind of like as a G League a la G League for the NBA, where you right. can go and pick it to. I think would be more effective. What I would like to see in the future is that every NFL team had their own team that was affiliated with theirs, so they can kind of be like a, a farm system for the NFL. I think that'd be beautiful, and I think that'd employ more people, employ more coaches, give more opportunity for guys that. I mean, we were talking about the African Americans not getting coaching opportunity. That mm-hmm. would be an opportunity for them to go and coach those teams and bring them up. So I it think that. With that is like with them having like a, a, a G League, it's kind of tough because a lot of teams, like every team, has a practice squad, and that's basically like your your G League um, team because they they do all the practice reps, do all the scouting reps and stuff, and um, are able to use like Wednesday as like their game day. That's the day where we have like all where we have pads and stuff, and you're gonna have like different periods like team run. And that's where a lot of the thumping comes comes through and stuff. So that's where a lot of guys use that as their game day. But I will I would like to see like, hey, after the season, they allow guys who are on practice squad to go play in the USFL or these spring leagues to help sharpen their skills since it's, since it's, sometimes it's been like almost a year or two since they've been in that competitive environment where they're playing a game or whatnot. So at least they're able to sharpen their skills and and somewhere have some type of protection where they're able to if they get hurt they're able to be compensated or um just it's kind of tricky but just something on the lines of that where they're able to go compete and still be able to come back and then um able to go through like otas and things like that and um and whatnot so real quick question you did you see terrell owens at 48, yeah, I seen him. I seen him. Like, I'm happy for him because he was able to go in and to and get the game winning touchdown and stuff, and able to prove like a lot of people wrong, saying like, oh, he can't play at um, the age of 48 and stuff. And I still feel as though he could possibly, and and this is just me being able being able to. I've seen like a lot of guys who are scrubs, and still be able to go in and uh, compete and be able to make plays and stuff. Him being a Hall of Famer, one of the best to ever do it. And even him being at 48, he's still at peak condition. And I believe he can still run routes and do things like that. He doesn't have to be like that every down wide receiver, but he can come in and, you know, make plays and things like that. Sometimes maybe maybe get on special teams and stuff. So yeah, I, can, and, I can't see T.O. playing special team. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, we ain't going to see T.O. playing special teams. That's not going to happen. True. And at the same time, though, it's like you're, then it'll be taking an opportunity away from a, a a lesser receiver who's trying to prove themselves like, hey, I can, you know, compete in this league and I can make a name for myself and things like that. And that's where you see like a lot of guys who are, you know, hanging on too long. And that's one of the reasons why I 
didn't um, didn't compete in the USFL because I can go do it. I can't play at a high level, but at the same time, I'm thirty. I'll be thirty-two in like two months, and I'm I'll be taking away a position from somebody who's trying to go to the NFL. I wouldn't be trying. I'm just there just to play football. So it's like I I can see him. I see why he's doing it at the same time. It's like, come on. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the significance of a to playing at forty eight when you've already been a Hall of Famer, you've already played right. at the, like I said, you're a top three, top five wide receiver all the time. I don't know what else more do you want to prove. I mean, is it, the money thing? I mean, my thing is, do you do you think you're gonna catch on with an NFL team? And if they do, right. it couldn't be it couldn't be a team that's competing for a championship because they don't want that type of distraction there. I think that if it's a team that's just looking for somebody to put some butts in the seats. Uh, then I think he could go to a team like that that just needs a shot in the arm. But I, you know, maybe bring him in a training camp, man, and get some more fans to come in here because you you will get people to want to come see mm-hmm. Terrell Owens just because it's Terrell sure. Owens. But if you're looking to compete for a, a Super Bowl, which I look at, you look at the NFL now, it's about 20, 22 teams that can legitimately make a run for the NFL championship. I mean, let's, right. it's it's only a few teams that 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 probably are looking to be a year, two, three, four away. But I can't see Terrell Owens going to those. There are a lot of young teams. Terrell Owens going to those younger teams, mm-hmm. demanding demanding the ball, demanding targets from, like you said, those younger guys that you're trying to develop. So if I'm T.O., I think he's just out there, just has some fun, play in his league, has some fun, man. But that should be as far as it goes. Okay. I got, I got one more thing for the NFL before we move on to other things. I got a little game for you. Okay. All right. I know you how you like Factor Cat for the past couple episodes, so I came up with a new game called Baker Roulette. And so <laughs> for for those who don't know how Baker is, he's going through a little bit of a uh, a situation where he's been on a team that that he was supposed to be the savior and he had a he had a decent rookie season and they came in and followed up with a uh 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 it was a, a, a I wouldn't say a sophomore slump, but hey, it, it happens to the best of us or whatever. And then he came back Came back, brought, led him to the playoffs and stuff, and then this year was a watch. But overall, they went went out and said they're going to chase after Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson rejected him and tried to make make it up with Baker, and he's like, "Nah, it ain't cutting. I'm out. I'm out too." So you guys are asked out. But luckily, the Browns ended up getting Deshaun Watson, and now it's like the, Baker's like he's just there, and he's looking for a team to uh, to. So that he can go play for, that he can um, uh, rent his services out to. So I came up with a, a game called Baker Roulette. And so if you're not familiar with Roulette, it's, it's a it's a game that should not be played or whatever and stuff. So uh, we came up. I came up with a game called Baker Roulette. We're gonna run through some teams. And we're gonna say, all right, cool. We're gonna take the, the current start start current starting quarterback or Baker Mayfield. Ready? I'm I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Arizona Cardinals are taking Kyler or Baker? Absolutely Kyler. Come on now. All right. Atlanta Falcons are going through Marcus Mariota or uh, Baker? Honestly, I would take Baker. I would take Baker why, over Mariota. Why are we taking Baker because, Mariota? Because Mariota, even though he's been in the league for a while, he hasn't proved that he can put the ball downfield, and that's the reason why he mm-hmm. did not play in Tennessee, and that's why he was moved over to Oakland slash Vegas. And he couldn't put the ball downfield. And when you have a dynamic tight end at Pitts, Cal Pitts, I'm sorry, you got mm-hmm. Cal, you got Pitts, and then they could potentially go get Drake London in the draft. You need somebody at least can put the ball somewhat down the field. And I think Baker has a better arm 
and can be in a situation he doesn't have so much pressure in Atlanta, I think he'll be a better fit than Marcus Mariota in Atlanta. Okay, then we got the Baltimore Ravens. You think I'm um, Baker Absolutely Lamar. not. I'm going Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Come on, Lamar Jackson is a generational quarterback that we won't see for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what do you feel about the Buffalo Bills there? <laughs> are you? Are we, are, is this even serious? Absolutely not. I mean, now, right. now that we, we see the development of Josh Allen, uh, mm-hmm. And now, if you'd have asked me this question two years ago, I would have went Baker. I would have mm-hmm. went Baker. But we ask it now, Josh Allen. Sam Darnold. You know what? I'll take Baker over. Sorry. Okay. I'll I, I take Baker over Darnold. Darnold's still seeing ghosts in New England. And I think mm-hmm. Sam Darnold has had more opportunity than a Baker Mayfield with the Jets, where they basically went all in on him and he wasn't able to produce. Carolina last year went all in with Sam Darnold with the weapons that he right. had. Could not produce, and they—I don't know—they picked up his fifth-year option. I'm kind of scratching, scratching my head about them picking up his fifth-year option. That means they got to mm-hmm. pay him anywhere in the neighborhood of fourteen to eighteen million dollars. I'm kind of confused, but I would—I would kick the tires on Baker, but I'll ultimately go for Malik Willis in the draft. Chicago Bears with the, uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields by far. I think Justin okay. Fields is—he's an athletic guy that needs to get more opportunity with a coach that's going to cater to his athletic ability. Okay, I already know Cincinnati Bagels. We take we take, we're taking the home homegrown kid. Uh, some of these are kind of already understood. Like we got the uh, who who else would be next? The Dallas Cowboys, different Broncos. We already know we we got the goat at quarterback with the uh, Cowboys already. So we're not even wait wait. The- did you just say to go? We're, we're not. We're not. TJ, TJ, we're not gonna start this today. We're not gonna start a Dak, but I'll, I'll definitely take Dak over. Okay. Baker now, now we have an interesting situation. We have the Detroit Lions, who do have the number one, either number one or number two pick. Two. Um, I got number two pick. And uh, they have a, a guy who's, I would say, on the rebound at quarterback. He hasn't. He had he had somewhat of a, a couple successful seasons and then like recently is just not has hasn't been um, hasn't been the best. So are you taking Baker right now or? Whew. This this may be the toughest question you asked me so far, but I'm gonna go on record now. We're gonna take it for the if I can if I can explain. Mm-hmm. I would well, take, I, mean, I, I would take Baker over. Only why it'll be financial reason. We know neither one of those quarterbacks are your future. We know Jared right. Goff is not your future. We know Baker Mayfield is not your future. But if we're looking financial, we know that Jared Goff is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL. That was right. one of the major reasons why they was able to make the deal for Matthew Stafford because both of them had mirroring salaries. So if I could get rid of Jared Goff and, and replacing with a Baker Mayfield, a stopgap quarterback at this point in time of his career, because I think Baker is going to turn into a journeyman. That's what I think mm-hmm. Baker is going to be one of those guys you want to hire, like a Fitzpatrick and things like a Fitzmagic, like people like to call him. Uh, I think in this situation financially and where they're at as a team, if you could somehow get Jared Groff out and put Baker Mayfield in there, I think you have the same type of success with either one of those quarterbacks, but at a lower price. So I'm going to go Baker in Detroit if, if, if having the opportunity. I mean, I understand. I'm not a fan of Jared off anyway, so I'll probably say the same thing. So, oh, moving on, I know with Green Bay Packers, you're going to take Aaron, but here's another situation with the Houston Texans, which I found kind of interesting that they didn't include 
Baker in the trade of um, was swapping, swapping quarterback. So are you taking David Mills or a Baker Mayfield? You know what? I'm going Davis Mills, and the reason why is because people don't realize when he came in the high when he came out of high school going to Stanford, he was the number one pocket passer in his prospective recruiting class. Okay. He went to Stanford and sustained a few injuries, but he's mm-hmm. a six four, six five kid, kind of built like a Peyton Manning. I said built like Peyton Manning. Uh, yeah, he, I think he's like six four, six five, about two hundred and twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds. And if we look at him at the progression of his season through with the Texans, with who we know were decimated for as far as from talent, but he did have Brandon Cooks there, and Brandon Cooks had a successful season. That's why he was able to get an extension. Mm-hmm. I like him being there, and then three years, man. Maybe we're talking about him being one of the better mid to 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 top, you know, out right outside the top ten quarterbacks in his league. So I don't think they want to mess that up by bringing in Baker, who believes that he's a starter. So no, I I got to go with 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 Mills on this one. I, I, Baker, nah, that's why he wasn't included in the, in the trade. Understandable. And another interesting one: a team that. Baker wanted to go to who was one of one of his top suitors on his list was the Indianapolis Colts, but they made a trade for Matty Ice. So if you were the GM of the uh, Colts, would you have made a trade for Baker, the younger quarterback who just needed a, a breath of fresh, fresh air or the former MVP who took his team to the uh, Super Bowl? No, I think the Indianapolis Colts got it right because they have a they have a win now team. When you look at that offensive line, you can only keep that offensive line together for so long with right. the amount of money that they're paying out. Uh, the wide receiver core is, is kind of decent. I think Matt Ryan can excel that off that that wide mm-hmm. receiver core to be a little bit better than what they are with his talent. Running at, running back, we already know how effective Jonathan Taylor is, and then that yeah. defense is stout. You know they just picked up Stephon Gilmore for yep. a two year deal. So uh, he's playing mm-hmm. a safety position. Well, anyway. There he was one. He's going to be one of the more premier safeties if he can stay healthy. So I really, they made the right decision on making that decision to bring in Matt Ryan and not bring in a distraction because anywhere that Baker Mayfield goes, he's going to be a distraction, not because right. of his game, but because of the media attention that he's going to he's going to demand and what he's been doing in the media. So I, I think Indianapolis, who was a quietly kept team, I like what they're doing, and yes, they made the right decision by bringing in Matty Ice. Okay, so we already know how it's going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Chargers, and the Rams. But we do have another interesting team coming up. is the Miami Dolphins, who have Tua Tagovailoa. Um, Tagovailoa is, is that how you say it? Tua Tagovailoa. I think that's it. Okay, let's call it Tua. Let's call it Tua. Let's call it Tua. Tua. So who are you taking, Tua, uh, Tua or Baker? Uh, this is a difficult one, but. With 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 Tua already being in that system and actually having a mm-hmm. winning record in that system, uh, we don't really know him what he can do in a full season. I'm taking Tua over Baker mm-hmm. just because he's in that system and we he he does win football games. But when it it comes to throwing the ball downfield, Baker would be a better fit in that warmer weather. But I just think that Tua just needs the opportunity to play a whole season, and I don't think you want to uproot that. By bringing in Baker, once again, is who was a distraction. I think Miami had aspirations of being more than just a playoff team with the acquisitions of Tyreek Hill and some of the other pieces that they brought in there. So you got to give two an opportunity to go out there at least compete. So I, I go two. I don't, I don't think you messed that up at this point, unless you're going with unless you're going with a significant upgrade, and, and Baker would right. not be a significant upgrade. 
And let me see. Now we got the Vikings. I'm sure we both will take uh, first cousins over uh, Baker Mayfield. Slightly. Slightly? Okay, okay, okay. Slightly. Um, and then we got the Patriots, who, ha- who has Matt 10. Still um, going to the second year. Still in the grounds of proving things. But I feel like New England is, is sold on him over Baker. Oh, absolutely. You got to be sold on the guy because he fits the he fits everything that uh, Bill Belichick wants. He can mold him into, I hate to use this terminology next time, Brady, but the next quarterback that he can grow in that system. Yeah, so, okay. I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, now we have the New Orleans Saints who just resigned Jameis Winston after they seen that they lost in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So, you're taking – Hmm. Sean, uh, Deshaun, uh, not Deshaun Watson, I'm sorry, but James Winston over Baker Mayfield? You know what? In in their situation, and knowing the history of, of James Winston's health, I would I would have kicked the tires on Baker Mayfield. I would have I would have hmm. I would have kicked the tires. You got Michael Michael Thomas coming back, should be healthy this year. But James Winston, who we know can play, but he's more sporadic at best. He might have a four game stretch where he's phenomenal. Then he have a six game stretch. You think he why did he, he why is he in the hmm. NFL? And with that New Orleans Saints defense, and we're not knowing where Alvin Kamara is going to do this year, uh, not sure what they're going to do with that, and then with them being in salary cap purgatory where they can't really even bring any guys in like they would want to any free agents, I would have kind of maybe thought about Baker Mayfield over Jameis Winston in that scenario because they only mm-hmm. signed him for a two-year deal, so they're not sold on him. If you you bring in a first round, former first-round draft pick in there and Jameis Winston, you only sign him in there for two years after he proved that he could play football for you guys. You're not mm-hmm. sold on him. You're not sold on Jameis Winston. I feel as though they're just trying to just want to see him make it through the season uh, being healthy because him having that significant injury. But still playing, like, he, he had a really good uh, season up to that point. Like, let's see if you can – put another one together, then maybe we can talk about extension at the end of uh, 2022. So moving on to the New York football, um, uh, New York Giants, who have Danny Dimes at the quarterback position. First, of, first and foremost, we're not going to call that guy Danny Dimes ever again. We're going to call that guy Danny Nichols or Danny mm-hmm. Kenny, but not Danny Dimes. So I'm absolutely going to go with Baker Mayfield. He would be a mm-hmm. significant upgrade in the New York Giants uniform. I think that should be a team that they're looking at to the Cleveland Brown. They keep saying other teams, but I think the New York Giants would be the best fit. I don't think Danny Daniel Jones is the guy. I think he was overrated when he came into the draft out of Duke, and they mm-hmm. picked him over, unfortunately, the loss of uh, Dwayne Haskins. I think that Dwayne Haskins should have been that pick right there. Um, fortunately, he lost his life, you know, mm-hmm. Ohio State great. But uh, I, I like I like Baker Mayfield in New York. I like okay. I like him in New York. Agreed. And then we have, let's see, the New York Jets. We have Zach Wilson, a quarterback. I feel like you would take uh, Baker Mayfield over um, – not um, not take Baker Mayfield over him. And then – I mean, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but then we go down to the Eagles. We have Jalen Hurts, uh, who's starting to – who needs this season to prove himself that, hey, that you are the guy in Philly. So who you taking? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a very underrated guy. I mean, I think that it looks like Philly is not even sold on this guy. It's like they won't put the pieces around him that they did for Carson Wentz, who he ended up, you know, taking his job. I hate to use that terminology, but he mm-hmm. took his job because they shipped him out of town. They did pick him with the second with a second round pick, and I, I think that he showed flash. First of all, he took a Philadelphia team to the playoffs that we never thought was going to happen. 
You know, we didn't think that. And, then, and they went against Tampa Bay. Nobody expected them to beat Tampa Bay. So, for them to go and play against Tampa Bay and compete a little bit towards the end, which I know the game was a blowout. They probably weren't running the same schemes. But the, nevertheless, if they right. put the pieces around Jalen Hurst that they should, you go get a better receiver. Yeah, you went and got you got Smith. But you 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 missed on regular. Regular, that's his name. Right. You, you, you missed on him. You, the next pick ended up being Justin Jefferson, so go figure on that. And then, like I said before, we said this many times on this show, they got three of the same running backs. You can't do that. You need change of pace type of running backs. You got three running backs that are basically every time Boston mm-hmm. Scott, uh, Miles, uh, uh, what's the name, um, Miles Sanders, and then the other guy, Tread, Treadman or Treadwell, mm-hmm. the guy, the rookie that they get. They all are the same back. So if I'm a defensive coordinator, I can scheme for basically every time you put that back in the game, I don't have to change any of my packages because they're all the same type of backs. They're scat backs, and none of them are every down back. So give Jalen Hurst an opportunity to put weapons around him and solidify that offensive line, which was, used to be their strip. So I'm going Jalen Hurst, not Baker Mayfield. Okay, I, I definitely dig that. Now we have the Pippers still as we have Mitchell Trubisky at cornerback. Um, I feel like this, these two guys are in the same boat as far as, like, they're – well, as far as like one, they've both been to the playoffs. They both, I think one is, I think Mitchell's made a Pro Bowl. I don't think Baker, Baker has made it. Not yet. Pro Bowl yet. Um, but yeah, both quarterbacks in the same boat. So who you taking? You know what? I'm going Baker. Uh, not mm-hmm. to mention, I think Baker is a better player than Trubisky. I think Trubisky mm-hmm. will be, if he end up being a starter for the Pittsburgh still, I think he will have a slight success because of the, the well-ran organization and Mike Tomlin being who he is. Uh, but I, I like Baker with those weapons that they have. Uh, plus, you know, Baker would want to get back at the, the Cleveland Browns. You see what he did to, right. to the Cincinnati Bengals when when Hugh Jackson left and was you know a mm-hmm. part of the Bengal team. He basically had that's his. He owns the Bengals. He only he's seven it was like six and one against the Bengals or something mm-hmm. like that. So he would try to do that against Cleveland. It won't work, but I think that he'll play so much better just because he had that chip on his shoulder if he went to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. So I like I like him better in, in Pittsburgh than Trubisky. Okay, and now we got San Francisco 49ers. We have Jimmy G and Trey Lance at quarterback. And I feel as though we're just, this is like another pass because you, like, you, you gave up so much for Trey Lance and then you still have Jimmy G who's done nothing but win. So... I mean, absolutely. I'm going with, with the 49ers side, whether it be Jimmy G or Lance, a Trey Lance, because I just think their organization is built around those two guys. I think they, I think you can keep both guys on the roster. I think, I think you should make Trey Lance have to earn that position over Jimmy G. Right. Uh, I don't think you bring in a Baker Mayfield. I don't think that. <laughs> I don't think that's an upgrade, a significant upgrade. I think that you mm-hmm. downgrade at the position because I think Jimmy G at least knows the area and knows uh, their system. And Baker would once again, whatever team he goes to, that'll be another offensive coordinator in his short career, which would make it like six offensive coordinators in five seasons. So, okay. yeah, I don't, I don't like him in the 49ers, no. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I understand you have Tom Brady there. Um, and this is one that I actually like, not for like a swap, but because I feel like everybody's going to say, you included, going to say, we're going to stay with Tom Brady, of course. But make a trade for Baker and let him sit and watch the goat go through his, you know, his, his, his how he how he goes about doing things and stuff. Let him sit and actually learn, and then once the goat is done, you let Baker just take on the reins, and he he already have weapons with Mike Evans, Godwin. Uh, I think 
OJ, he's still there. You have you still have like uh, a good running back and Lenny Fournette, decent offensive line and, uh, and a, a good defense. So then Todd Bowles will have a good quarterback that can help the the help the train keep on going. So I I don't think Baker Mayfield's personality right now will let him be a backup. Uh, that that's the problem right now is he doesn't believe he's a backup in this league. I think he would already be signed if he was, and what would be a more uh, perfect situation for him to go sit behind Tom Brady and actually have a potential to win a championship, even though you as you won't be the starter. But I don't think his I don't think his 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 ego will allow him to be a backup. He he still believes he's a starter, so it, it won't happen. I like what you're saying, but it won't happen mm-hmm. and unless he humbles himself. His career could be short-lived. He better humble himself and humble himself very quickly. And now we have the Tennessee Titans who have Tannehill at quarterback, and we know the last time we seen him at the helm, it wasn't the best performance. I would say it was worse than what how the Cowboys went out. Um, so how how do you feel about you know Tannehill and um, the Baker uh, Baker swap? Absolutely, Tannehill. Tannehill embodies what, ten- what what Tennessee wants to do. Yeah, he had a bad playoff game. I think that was more on the offensive coordinator than Tannehill because you get that you get Derrick Henry back and you only run him 19 times. But if you play against the Jets or a team that doesn't mean anything, you run him 30 times. So my right. thing is, and then the backup running back had a, had a decent game. Sometimes you got to swallow your pride and go with what got you there. And so mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that more on the offensive coordinator. But of course, relatively that that loss goes on Tannehill's record unlike anybody else on the team, which is the coach and the head, the head coach and the quarterback gets the loss. So I think next year, I think they, they make some adjustments. They got a more underneath receiver, a more reliable receiver, Robert Woods, instead of Julio Jones, who didn't really play, but like four or five games for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I like Tannehill. I wouldn't bring Baker in. I don't, I don't think that's an upgrade. I think Tannehill can, can do a little something with that team. He's very good with the play action now. So, yeah, I like him there. And, and now we have the uh, Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. Seahawks relatively don't have really a quarterback, at least that I know that's worth mentioning. Uh, and then we have the Washington Commanders who have Wentz, who's been like uh, – who's starting to turn into like a journeyman quarterback. First he started at the Eagles and he had his hot run in 2007, but ever since then it's been kind of – eh. And then – but he did have a, a good season statistical-wise, throwing like 27 touchdowns and uh, I think a handful of interceptions. Yeah, seven, seven picks. Seven picks, but on tape, when you watch him play, it doesn't. It's like, oh, he he has these great numbers, but you watch him on tape, it's not what you thought it would be. You know, it's, it's, it just seems like it's empty calories. To be honest with you, you know, like yes, he did have like that great game against like the Baltimore Ravens, but it's starting to seem like throughout that season, a lot of teams was having a, a great game against the Baltimore Ravens. But they still season, lost. So. They still lost. They still, still lost that game. They still lost that game to the Ravens, so mm-hmm. it don't matter. Yeah. So, how do you feel about the swap between you and Wentz and Baker? Well, I'll tell you like this. Uh, if I'm the, the commanders, especially for the price tag we're paying Carson Wentz, I go Baker Mayfield. I like right. Baker Mayfield. I thought he would have been one of the guys they would have really called before they called Carson Wentz. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I like Baker in Washington. But Washington as an organization is a complete mess. Yeah, as an organization, right. I think the owner need to sell the team. But that's not even the, that's not even the conversation. That's another conversation. But anyway, I would take him over Carson Wentz. I think that he's a he's about fourteen million dollars cheaper. 
I think mm-hmm. he gives you a better chance of winning. And then, I mean, the Washington Commanders already have a, a ton of distractions, so I don't think Baker Mayfield's distraction will cause him any more harm than, than anything. I think he will be a perfect storm. He might be even come in and not even be the major story. You know what I'm saying? So right. I, I like him in Washington, and then I also like him in Seattle. I think that he's definitely a better fit than Locke. Uh, Locke has proven that he's not an NFL quarterback. Let's go ahead and call it. I mean, how many years? How many? How many years you got to be in the league to prove that you're not what you say you mm-hmm. are? They Denver gave him ample opportunity, but if you look at the numbers, they did a blind comparison between him and Baker, and they look the numbers look similar, but sometimes numbers lie because Baker right. meant so much more for Cleveland than than Locke did for the Denver Broncos. You know what I'm saying? I think if, if Baker doesn't get hurt, we're, we're still talking about Baker in Cleveland. So mm-hmm. I like I like Baker in Seattle where he's away from the media, away from the spotlight. I think he goes there. He would quietly throw for about 3,500 yards, about 20, 22 touchdowns, and maybe like 10, 11 picks, and uh, he could resurface there. I think he would be better suited in Seattle. I think he still has a good opportunity to still end up in Seattle. Okay, okay. Like, I like it. I like it. So that was the Baker uh, Baker roulette. Um, I do have one more question for you before you move on to the NBA playoffs. Do you feel as though – the Cleveland Browns did Baker dirty. I'll let you marinate on that for a second. And one thing that I've realized throughout my tenure playing and just watching a lot of people um, play is that the NFL is only loyal to the bottom line and to the shield. Like I've seen players like myself, like I, I got a call during the 2013 NFL draft from the Houston Texans saying they were going to draft me, but ended up drafting Chris Smith from Bowling Green. I've seen players like Bobby Wagner not being told that he's going to get cut and had to turn on ESPN. Like, oh shit! I, I just got fired. I've 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 seen things like that. So with well, me not being as type the type of player as Baker, I cool that might just be like an outlier or whatever. But you see these great players who don't get told that they've been cut or been fired or they're being traded or, or whatever, and then you yourself get upset. I'm like, it's all, it's all fair for you to get upset, but to say that they is disrespect and they disrespect you or whatever. And you like, and you see what goes on in the NFL. I feel like that, that was a little bit much because you understand like, Hey, this is a business and this is how things go, go on. And the NFL isn't going to stop just for you, you know? So, so do I, do I think that that Cleveland Brown did Baker wrong? I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. We know this is a business, um, but right. business hurt. But in this scenario, I don't think the Cleveland Browns did Baker Mayfield wrong. It's because they explained to him in the offseason that they were going to explore different quarterbacks. This was told. This is this is documented that they were going to shop. Now I don't know if it was Deshaun Watson, but I do know it was another mm-hmm. quarterback that they was. Cause I think they was looking to get Russell Wilson. They were trying to get an upgrade at the quarterback position because, as you can see, when the Super Bowl winner, when the confetti came down, it was a, it was a high tier quarterback that that won it, um, and which was the trade for Matthew Stafford. So I think everybody looked at that formula and said, "Hey, let's make this happen." And Cleveland has a team that was probably, in, in most people's minds, a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. So they made it clear that they were going to shop for quarterbacks. And, of course, if they didn't get a quarterback, then they were going to go back to Baker Mayfield, which his ego, once again, didn't allow him to say, you know what, I'm going to go compete and do the, be the best quarterback I possibly can be to prove you wrong or to prove you right. He didn't do either one of those things. So 
Did he get done wrong? No, because he he even said himself that he was gonna get off social media. And guess what happened? As soon as the, <laughs> soon as it got hot, he jumped right back on social media. He he became a he wrote this alleged letter to the Browns, thanking them, trying to get in front of the train that was coming. That didn't work. And then you start saying that they didn't do this, and Cleveland lied to me. And Cle- no, they didn't. They didn't lie. You just wasn't listening. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of somebody when you tell them something and they uh, they can hear the whole conversation, but they only pick that one mm-hmm. sentence that they want to respond to, and that's Baker Mayfield at this point. He only responded to one thing. Cleveland not <laughs> Cleveland didn't do him wrong. I think Cleveland is going to respect him. I really think his number should be uh, in the in the Raptors because what he did with the team and where he brought us from. But you cannot sit there and just be like, okay, I, I took you out to the playoffs. If you're the number one pick, that's what you're supposed to do, TJ. Right. Peyton Manny did it. Andrew Luck did it. Uh, Jameis Winston, he tried to. That's what you uh, – Michael Vink, when you – Eli Manny, when you pick a number one pick, you're supposed to get that team to the playoffs. You're supposed to be the mm-hmm. answer. That's why they picked you number one. So you sitting here like, yeah, I took y'all from 1-31 to the playoffs. Okay, that was two years ago. You didn't even build on that. I love I love what you did, but we got to keep going forward. And if you can't right. keep going forward, the NFL stands for not for long. They're <laughs> going to they're going to get somebody else in there. That's look at what Jared Goff took the Rams to the Super Bowl, and guess what? He was sent elsewhere because he didn't have what it takes. And that you can't have an ego, and you can't be sensitive at the quarterback position. You can't be that in Cleveland because Cleveland will right. eat you up and chew you out, throw you out. So my thing is. Baker did not get done wrong. Baker is just, I feel like, is being a little bit too sensitive. I appreciate what he's done for us, but he needs mm-hmm. to go ahead, reel it back in, get off of social media, get off from doing, talking about you're going to go boo people at the cubicle. If he had the opportunity, get off of that, man. Get off of these TV shows. That's why basically blocking your own opportunities to get on teams because people right. like, man, you just said you was not, and you wasn't going to get on social media. Now you're doing interviews, you're on social media, you got all these takes. So, no, Baker Mayfield did not get done wrong by the Cleveland Browns. Agreed, agreed. Because because you because you see it happen to even players with more talent. You see Aaron Rodgers. What was it? Two years ago, they drafted Jordan Love in the first round, traded up to get Jordan Love in the first round, and I, I like quarterback who has, you know, who's considered to like be one of the greatest ever in talent and things like that. And they trade up to go get a quarterback, and it's like you're upset because you underperformed and didn't do the necessary things for. To, to get Cleveland over the hump, and now you're upset that help they went and got Sean Watson. Like, come on, bro. And, and look at look at Tua. Tua was involved in trade rumors all yes. year. Come on, man. Like, and Tua still being professional, and you you wonder why you're in the position that you're in. You're basically once again making your own bed. Right. And, and you know what I'm saying. I like Baker as a quarterback. He did what he was supposed to do in Cleveland, but now your time is up, and and that's just like in a relationship. He looked like a scorn person in a relationship that didn't work and the, the, the his ex the moved on and you still sitting there mm-hmm. trying to get back with her or trying to get back at her so mm-hmm. no baker needs to go ahead and be quiet he has uh, I, we just had a little session where he has a, a few teams that make him a starter or at least bring him in to at least compete for the starting position be quiet and look for those teams to move to on to the nba now i know you've been wanting to talk about this oh yeah um so, well, before I know, I know we were talking to pre-taping about uh, a lot of a lot of couple wide receivers are feeling like kind of you know raising their eyebrows at Christian Kirk getting his money and stuff, and, and all do and all and he's he's do all that. 
we have wide receivers like Debo Samuel and I know we were talking you were talking about um what's Terry McLaurin? He, Terry McLaurin said he's not going to come to any type of OTA as a training camp until he has a new deal. That was just I mean, reported. I understand it. I understand it because you have Debo Samuel, who is an all-purpose player who plays wide receiver and running back. He does a lot of things for the San Francisco 49ers. And he's like, man, I want my paper. And it's like, uh, you know, I think he deleted um, them from his social media and stuff, which I guess is the thing to do now. Right. That's um, so so immature. But <laughs> Um, but I'm like, it, it is granted, like he's 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 been like, even though he's been hurt a little bit, but um, he's been like their gravy train and stuff. And I would not want to. It, well, in the Kyle Shanahan center, it was kind of difficult to say because like he like like they really depend on the running game and like play action off of that things of that nature. But you don't want to let a player like that. Go and I'm hearing that the Baltimore Ravens might make a splash for him. I'm like, we got the money to pay you, so come on, dog. Let's go ahead and make that happen. But I wouldn't, as a GM John Lynch, let that go because it's like, who else do you have on the roster that's going to that's gonna be able to accumulate for that amount of percentage of your offense and stuff? So I understand you do like, I think I forget the running back that had a spectacular season last year for them. Elijah Moore, Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, Mitchell and stuff. Like, yes, he had a, a fantastic uh, first year. It was like, do you want to put all that pressure on him to, you know, continue doing that? You do have Kittle, but you don't know who your quarterback's going to be and stuff. So it's like, I would pay pay the man, keep him happy, and let's keep this train run, running. Now, up in uh, with the commanders, it's kind of different because I'm like, yes, you have Wentz at quarterback, but you're going to you're really going to depend on McLaurin to make a lot of plays and to keep this offense you know keep the offense going and things of that nature. So I feel like he's just going to get this deal done. He's proven to be like a top ten receiver, if not reaching into that top eight. He just hasn't had the quarterback to you know help him give over the hump. So what do you think? Now this is this is my perspective. I want to dive in here. I mean, it started mm-hmm. back with the free agency sign of Christian Kirk, a guy that didn't even have a thousand yard season yet, but he's making up one of the top tier over twenty million dollars a year. And you you haven't even proven that you're supposed to uh, be up there with those other elite wide receivers, as far as pay wise. So he was the he was the first domino to fall. So then you got you got Devonte Adams say, you know what? Hey man, you I'm I'm the best in the game, quote unquote. Pay me. He leaves, goes, takes the takes the bid to the Raiders. So then you had, hey, the the the, the like, wait, whoa, 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 Kansas City, yeah. and I've been doing this. He goes over it. He's getting paid with about twenty something million dollars a year to go to the Dolphins. They they made a trade. So now you got DK Metcalf who was flirting with saying he wants a new contract. You got Terry McGlure that was both in the same draft. Both he wants a new contract. What I, Debo Samuels was a guy that wants a new kind of – but with Debo Samuels, first of all, he hasn't even played a full season yet. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that he plays, the physical, the physical style that he plays, does he last long? Especially, you know, at the running back position, you know, those, those running backs don't last long. He's, even though he's, he's only carrying it eight or nine times a game, mm-hmm. that's eight or nine times a game that he shouldn't be carrying the ball. <laughs> like, no, seriously. He was, he was on one leg playing against the Cowboys. Right. So he and we know that he didn't play a full year his rookie year. He had like I think last year was his only year, and he still didn't even play the full complete seventeen game set. So my thought process is with let's let's before you you start screaming about pay pay a full season. Second mm-hmm. of all, 
I think what's going to make make a problem is it's going to saturate the market because now look at look 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 at look, look at who rubbing their hands together. <laughs> Just Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, all these young studs that wide receiver that in their first that's going in their second or third season. Now they can go and start saying they want new contracts. So what's going to happen is, remember you had that large amount of money going to quarterbacks. Now that large mm-hmm. amount of money is going to go to quarterbacks and wide receivers. So that's going to limit other positions on your team. So this this market that they opening up for wide receivers, and I think they need to go back. If I'm an NFL owner, NFL GM, I'm like, man, I'm not going to let y'all bully me until mm-hmm. y'all put up the until y'all put up the numbers consistently, like like a D Hop, like a Devontae Adams. But some of you guys haven't even had a had a long enough. Uh, sustained level of excellence for me to put that type of money up. So they're going to have to put their foot down at some point or this is going to get completely out of control because, you know, they, the NFL about to give a new TV deal, which is going to expand the salary cap next year and the year after that. So they, they got a new new TV deal coming up very soon that's going to expand the salary cap. So I guess people like, man, pay me my money. But at some point, you got to pay other players on that team. So wide receivers are really – tread they need to tread lightly because you're gonna mess yeah, up the market like, for you guys especially like when you have like a um, talent coming in every year that can be possibly replaced and like there, some of these guys are likely that they're gonna play for like the patriots or like a, a gm that that's starting to hear like oh i see you taking all this stuff off social media right, we're about to ship you out to fucking seattle or whatever and let you just die out there or whatever you know What's all that about? What's all this? I'm taking my stuff off social media. That that is like the most childish <laughs> thing I've ever seen. But I guess that's the trend. That's the trend. And, now. And maybe because I've never, I've always been positioned like, man, I don't, I don't want to upset nobody or anything like that. I'm coming up on my uh, re up on my contract. I'm gonna make sure everything is gonna be in line. You wanna be a part of Jets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this, all that good stuff and and whatnot. And so I've never been like that type of player. It, like even with like seeing other players who were trying to get like better deals than I was. It's never been like, hey, I'm going to take them, take this off my social media and stuff and let them know that I mean business because I guess in my era of playing, like, all right, cool. A lot of guys were, like, you, you still understood, like, yes, you had leverage, but it's like, all right, cool. These guys can fucking trade me to go to the Tampa, Tampa Bay Bucks who weren't the team, the Bucks that we know of today or the Texans or just ship you out somewhere where you can, your career can basically just go and die. So you didn't want the risk of that happening. So like leading stuff on social media was kind of not seen as the thing to do. Or I don't even think like even now it's the thing to do because it doesn't really do anything. It's like, oh yeah, it's just seen as a baby. You know, you see like guys like Lamar Jackson who are in like contract talks and I guess um, either he wants more or he wants to prove himself or even if it was a situation that, hey, they're lowballing him. He hasn't deleted Baltimore from his social media. He he even came out and said, like, hey, squash all that talk. I, I want to be in Baltimore for the rest of my career. I want to bring a championship and things of that nature. And you see how things are done with the Cardinals with Kyle Murray and now with Evo Samuel. You see other guys are doing this stuff. It's like, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's childish. And maybe we just come off as being grandpas. I know you're a little bit older than I am. Stuff, but, um, but it's just not it, – it doesn't seem like – the thing to do is like, bro, that's like some stuff you do in high school. Like, oh, uh, Alabama didn't offer me or whatever, so I'm gonna take all my Alabama stuff, like get my recruiting stuff off of them, or they pulled my off or whatever. And, and that, that's some stuff you do in high school. But now that you've matured as a man and 
as a, a person of Athens, like you gotta understand how to do business and stuff. So that's that stuff is great. Like I said, if if, if it works for those guys to do it, but I, I'm like, who are they agents? Who is advising these kids to do this yeah. stuff? Because I do gotta realize I'm, the, a lot of these kids could be my son. So right. I, I mean, looking at it from a just not an athletic standpoint, but from a mental standpoint. But we can't. We we got to come to a common medium, man, and, and lead a social media out of your your contract talk, man. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're playing out there, and you're playing for your family, or you're playing for your livelihood, man. So let that be personal, and then come out after the deal is done and start posting. But that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But moving on to the NBA, I know we had the first round of games going on this past weekend. So I need to, I need everybody to have that same energy for Kevin Durant and all these other players when. LeBron doesn't have the best of games and stuff, and we see that Kevin Durant had more shots than he had points and things of that nature. I think you had a same energy with Kevin Durant and all these other players that we do that we do for LeBron. Oh, listen, I, I can't, I can't wait. <coughs> I, listen, TJ, I can't wait to get on mm-hmm. KD because I'm mm-hmm. a big advocate to say that KD is not top five in the NBA, and I'm gonna say that with my chest. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that with my chest because we keep saying that KD is his all-world player. But if you take away the three seasons in Golden State, when was he an all-world player? And actually, one of those seasons, the last season he was in Golden State, he was hurt. So we can't even add that one. So let's say those two championship seasons where they were on a team that was well-oiled. He just came in and was able to go into the flow. He played, and it was a perfect storm. So now everywhere else he went, I'm never going to forget him blowing a 3-1. Yes, him. Him and Westbrook blew a 3-1 lead to Golden State. Then you go join him. Now you done, you done major, you done did your crybaby act just like James Harden to get to Brooklyn. You, mm-hmm. you get your coach, you get your players, you get your guys, you get your – now you don't have anything around you but Kyrie because that's what you asked for. Mm-hmm. That's what you asked for. You went and got an over-the-hill over the Blake Griffin. You went and get an over-the-hill uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. You got, you, don't, you got Drummond, who is not an offensive player. You went and got – these are all the guys that you wanted. Right. You get to the playoffs and you got more turnovers or whatever. You had plenty of turnovers. You didn't hit the big shots. Six turnovers. Jason Tatum locked you up, my guy. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, and Jalen Brown. I've always said they Derek White are the best perimeter defense in the NBA. And they showed it. That man could not get a shot off. You put remember they said uh, KD could get any shot he wants. Well, he couldn't get a shot against Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't he want that shot? He couldn't get it. So I'm tired of people saying he can raise up on anybody. He can raise up on anybody if they're not playing lockdown defense. And it showed. And it's not going to get any better for him. Marcus Smart was in his pocket. Jason right. Tatum is just as long as KD. And Jalen Brown is one of the most underrated defensive players in the league. And they showed it on that perimeter, man. When you, when you don't have a back-to-the-basket game, you can't get a bucket in the paint, which he should be getting buckets in the paint. A show and Brooklyn is in trouble, and it's because of KD. So yeah, I got the same energy. If LeBron James would have had a bad game, if 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 uh, whoever else would have had a bad game that 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 wants to get the criticism, KD, you not above criticism on the Yo Passes Stick podcast, man. So I'm coming for you, KD. I'm coming so my, for you. My, my question to you um, is: is it more? Is it, it will it be more of a disappointment for the Brooklyn Nets not to? Win or is it more of a disappointment for James Harden to not make it past the first round? You know what? It's going to be equally. Uh, at the very least, I'm gonna say it's more disappointing from Brooklyn and KD's perspective because KD is supposed to be quote unquote the best player in the world. 
I didn't see it. James mm-hmm. Harden has never really been considered as the best player in the world. I just consider him as being a very good scorer. We all mm-hmm. we kind of know what James Harden mo is. It ain't like he he has a resume, and I don't think he cares. I think he's more worried about his personal life. It seems it seems we know he loved basketball. Let's not even say mm-hmm. that, but it seemed like he worried about what the strip club's gonna be like after the game. <laughs> you know what what it would it be like? What what little baby doing? Like let's hook up, let's do a little our thing. He it looked like he want to rap at some point in his career. But KD, he's always said he wanted to be the best. But now that you have the opportunity to be the best, you got you got LeBron James at home. So LeBron James can no longer make any statements about being the best player in the game at home on the couch. You're in the playoffs, and you have ample opportunity. They, you know, it's crazy. They still have Brooklyn as in Vegas as being the odds-on favorite to represent the Eastern Conference in the, in the finals, but they don't have them favorite against the Boston Celtics. That's funny. That um, makes no sense. I think it's more of a disappointment to see the Nets not make it through, being that they, you know they accumulated all that talent. Um, well, for, first you know KD he was hurt, he was still dealing with the, um, um, his leg injury, and then you accumulate all that talent with him, uh, James Harden, Kyrie, and you don't and you flame out, and then now you not are right, well obviously it doesn't work with James Harden, but you still have. Kyrie and you still have other pieces around you and stuff and you're considered one of the best players in the world and a top 75 player and you have another one on your team and you don't show up and you get put out by the baby Celtics well I wouldn't call them baby Celtics anymore but because they learn how to play together now Um, but you get put out by them and it's like I I said this what do we have what do we have going so you need to be around other more than you have to be around other elite players a well oiled machine for you to get the job done. So and, and he does and that, and that's just that's KD's gonna get the smoke, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's gonna get the smoke on your Pastor Sticks podcast, man. He's gonna get it. It's not I have the same energy I had if he would have dropped forty five. But I don't care if you drop forty five and you lose. If you keep losing with the team that you have because you you low key you try like KD try to hide behind this, but he did the same thing LeBron James did as a GM. He went and accumulated these guys. Mm-hmm. He asked for those guys. You know what I'm saying? He asked for the people, the people that's on his team, he asked for them. You know what I'm saying? You asked for James Harden, it didn't work out, and then you tried to ask for Ben Simmons, and he ain't played a game yet. Stop right. it, man. Kyrie, you got him there. They lifted the mandate, and y'all still not winning games. And and Boston is not gonna let y'all just come in there. They got they got a they well oiled right now, man. Boston has really got it together at the right time, and and ball, mm-hmm. and let's, let's go ahead and put it out there. Their the Brooklyn Nets defense is piss poor because there's no way that they gave up that last second shot, and and without calling a timeout or doing something, getting set back on defense. Why were they out on the perimeter? It, it was two people chasing after Marcus Smart. Why? When I, mean, I, I I watched that last play like over like ten fifteen times. And like Katie, you gotta keep your eyes open. Because like, right, cool. I think um, Tatum comes up with the ball, then he dishes off the Browns. Browns seemed that he couldn't get the easy layup, passes out to Marcus Smart. Smart drives to the basket, and then KD. I think he's on the perimeter. Then um, what you call it? He drop. Uh, what's what's his name? Kyrie. Uh, uh, not Kyrie. Uh, light skin for the Celtics. Jason Tatum. Tatum. He cuts to the basket, and. An easy layup, easy layup to win. It's like you have to be your senses have to be, you know, all around. It's like if some if you get up a three, fuck it, it, it happens or whatever. You can't you, you line up to play another uh, game next time, but you 
you give up an easy layup, it's like, come on, bro, that's effort. That's listen, effort. Like, listen, I, I coached basketball for, for mm-hmm. six years on, on the, the high level here. And um, so you played in the collegiate. I played. I played on the collegiate level. I played. I played on collegiate. Played. Played the highest level in high school. Uh, and 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 no situation. Why are the, your perimeter defenders that far off the ball when the basket is behind you? They never. If you look at that, like you said, you looked at it about fifteen times. They mm-hmm. never protected the basket. It should have been a nail and a nine. It should have been. It should have been a nail. Should have been. Back there, that should have been his first responsibility to be the rim protector. They had Kyrie Irving as your rim protector. That's, <laughs> go back and look. It's Kyrie Irving. He's the rim protector. So right there, you already lost. If you got a six two, six three guy as your rim protector, now this ain't high school. If you was in high school, a six three guy might 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 get you somewhere. Not in the pros. So right there, defensively, they look lost. They look they look tremendously lost defensively. They lost the game. KD had an opportunity to at least do something with the ball at the end of the game, and he couldn't get a shot off. So, no, KD, stop putting him up there with Giannis. Yes, Giannis is a better player. Yes, Joker is a better player. Yes, Embiid is a better player right now. And and LeBron James is still a better player than you. And I, I just don't like the fact I, I watched him. I was, I'm talking about I was waiting. Couldn't go to sleep because I'm, I'm waiting to see Undisputed. Um, first take all these ESPN shows the jump, um, not the jump, but get up and um, get up in the morning and stuff. And none of them was eviscerating KD like they would my my dog LeBron James. It was kind of disappointing to see because I'm like, we we need that same smoke or whatever. But moving on to like the other games, uh, Miami Heat versus the um, Hawks, the one man, the one man show with the Hawks and stuff. I, I kind of knew that they were gonna beat up beat up. Um, Beat them up a little bit and stuff. I didn't. I didn't feel like they were going to have like the best. Um, uh, the Hawks going to have the best game because nobody can score outside of Ice Tree. Well, so you know, I like, think I think that the Heat felt like they were the underdogs in that game, and I feel like they got something on their shoulder because, including myself, I didn't think they was worthy of the number one, uh, mm-hmm. the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And that, uh, that's I, I believe that you know I didn't think they had enough, but they went in and they said, you know what. Ice trade, we're gonna we gonna do everything to you and you're gonna stay on ice and not in a good way. And they just right. basically just absolutely destroyed those guys, man. But I think this happened last year when um Atlanta played the Philadelphia 76ers a couple the mm-hmm. first couple games. And you see what happened in that series. Uh Atlanta was able to pull it off uh, right. in that series. So uh, I, I I won't take this as any indictment. It's one game. I think this is one of those games that Atlanta make adjustments. Plus Clint Capella didn't play. Right. He didn't play in this game. So, you know, I don't want to write Lewis, Atlanta off. Yeah, agreed, which limits them getting bored and stuff. But I don't feel like Miami's going to be able to – Miami's going to let, let, let this chokehold off. Um, and then who else played? We got um, the – yesterday, uh, well, um, over the weekend, we had Utah mm-hmm. and, and, and the Mavericks. Uh, uh, Doncic didn't play. So, we'll see a whole different game. He's supposed to play this next up, upcoming game. Um Utah to me still, I think they're a piece away. They need another offensive piece. So even if they do win this 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 round, which I think they will beat the Mavericks, because as good as Luka Doncic is, he has not made it out of the first round since right. he's been in the NBA. Second, he has the highest points per game, even more than Michael Jordan in the playoffs, and he has yet to get out of the first round. Right. And so another game that I thought was really interesting was the Timberwolves versus the Grizzlies. And a lot of the hype going, leading up to this game was uh, Ja versus uh, – what's his name? Um, 
Anthony Ant Man, Anthony Edwards. Not, not Ant Man. It was a uh, 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 what's the little scrappy player? Are oh, you talking about Pat, Pat Beverly? Pat Beverly. That was the hype because because like oh he's supposed to be like the bully and stuff and and I was looking forward to it and so get to the game and stuff. My my dog only had a couple points and was very in, inefficient versus Pat Bev and wasn't able to get the thing done. So what does um what does Memphis have to do to not blow this opportunity against uh, Timberwolves, who are well, just happy is, to be there? This is the thing with Memphis, man, is that I think John Moran in the playoffs is, is a different kind of guy because he still hasn't developed the jump shot. And all that getting to the basket, high five, heroics, <laughs> that's only going to be sustainable in a regular season. And I, that's why I think that they're in a slight – they're in a little bit of trouble because I don't think he's going to be able to find a jump shot in, 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 in a week. Right. Uh, and in the playoffs, you can't get those easy baskets that you would get. That you know, Memphis is a young team; they feed off of emotion. They they they're a close knit team, and once mm-hmm. they get to a, in a half court offense, they're not great in half court offense. You know what I'm saying? Because Minnesota are really not known for defense, but when they do lock down with a Pat Beverly, Ant Man is a great defender that he's not getting enough credit for it yet. Um, so I think in a half court set, you know, you limit your possessions, you limit your fast break points. That's what Memphis thrived in is getting and getting into the open court, and they're not going to get in the open court. Even though they scored a lot of points, they're not going to get in the open court against the Minnesota Timberwolves, who, like low key, let's be honest, man, they got a lot of they got a few guys that've been around around mm-hmm. the block, and they're ready to they're ready to take that next leap. So I can see Minnesota winning in six, and I can see Ja Morant is going to have to really go back to the drawing board, and he's going to really really have to work on his jump shot, a consistent jump shot. You know, everything can't be a dunk. Not in the playoffs, mm-hmm. so that's right. gonna be that's his Achilles heel in this playoff series. Definitely understand that. So another question to you is like, what do you want to see in the next games? Um, from like the, the I know Chicago they lost versus the Bucks. Uh, like you said, and the Grizzlies the Grizzlies lost against uh, Timberwolves and other teams and stuff. Well, I'll specifically say, what do you want to see out of the Celtics? Well, K, well KD from the uh, Celtics and um, that series. I want to see KD actually step up and play consistent basketball. But, see, that's the, this is the problem in Brooklyn is KD and I, I, Kyrie, the way they built the team, both of those guys got to go for 40 or 50 just for them to even get past this round. And you got to understand this is just the first round. So, I I think they made a mistake. I think I would what I would love to see is Ben Simmons get out a street close. And mm-hmm. they said, well, he's going to – they're like, well, he he needs. I said, at least he can come and play defense because they needed right. defense because Jason Tatum torched him for thirty one, and Ch- Jason Tatum and I did a piece on my TikTok page. I've been telling people about Jason Tatum all year, man. And Jason Tatum is is starting to become that guy to take to the next level and be that superstar that we're looking for. So I want to see KD have to not. It seems like every time they get a bucket, it's hard. Like they're, they're you know, you have you seen a team? It just it looked like it's hard for Brooklyn to score. Yeah. Even though they're scoring a lot of points, but it just looked hard. Like it like Kyrie got to make eighteen dribbles before they get a good shot. You know what I'm saying? So they made him earn it. That's what I'm saying, and and it's, they're going to continue to make him earn it. So that means you're going to exhort so much energy. So if you get to a game six or game seven, especially when you're playing on the road at Boston, with that crowd is going to be bananas. We all know about how Boston fans can be. I just don't know if KD has it any. I don't think he, I don't know if he got any. He's gonna have to prove something. And then the the bad thing about it, this is just the first round. So imagine you yeah. have to go to Philly 
Or imagine, you know, if they end up having to play Philly, which I don't even want to jump the gun against the Celtics, but just imagine mm-hmm. they get to the second round and got to play Philly with that crowd, with, with, the, with the hate with James Harden and the Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Hey, I think emotionally. And then, you know, if you got to go against the Bucks, right. come on, man. It's like, tough. It's, like, it's, it's going to be best, tough, man. Their best bet is hoping, like, the Bucks flame out and that the, the that Chicago wins because they don't really have, like, any solid uh, interior or rim protection and stuff. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see, and we're going to see what the Nets are really just made of because I feel like that's the that's really the game to watch throughout this throughout this first round. Like, yeah, you got the Bucks versus, like, Chicago, but we already know that what's going to happen with that. And then you have Miami versus the Heat. Miami versus, like, the Hawks and uh, Memphis versus the, uh, the Timberwolves and um, other teams and stuff. But the, the game to really to watch is, like, just the Nets versus the, the, the baby Celtics. Because it's, like, you have the the supposedly the best player in the world and you do have, like, um, one of the best finishers in, um, that ever played the game in Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. And then you have the baby Celtics who nobody really are looking at, you know. You know, I, I wore my Celtics, you know, Tatum jersey to, you know, work out this morning. But, uh, but like, nobody really, like, taking them serious. Like, oh, yeah, like, they have elite defense and stuff. But, you know, the other team has the the Slim Reaper. So, it's like, all right, cool. But now people are like, uh-oh. You know, so I feel like th- these next couple games are going to be, like, really the ones to really watch and pay attention because, if they don't get it done um, on Tuesdays, it might end up might be might have to get a brooms out. Might that, have to get a brooms out. Yeah, it's gonna be difficult for them. I, I don't think they get swept. I don't think they get swept because I think the Celtics will win game two at home. I just think that you know for Brooklyn to end up winning that series, they're gonna have to steal one in the Garden, and I just don't think they're gonna. I don't know if they're gonna have enough to do it, man. They, they had a perfect opportunity last game and they weren't able to do it towards the end. And I truly believe if they can't get it done. If they can't get it done, they lose in this first round. Look for Steve Nash to be out of a job. That and I feel like they're gonna blow up his team and try to start a new. Cause they, I don't even think Kyrie is signed. Remember he, they was saying that they pulled when he didn't want to get the shot, and yeah. they pulled his contract. So I don't know, but I, I, I think it's gonna be a lot of furniture moving when if Brooklyn can't get out of this first round. Shit, but the way Kyrie playing, he ain't gonna have a hard time finding another gig. So. Yeah, I don't think that's the issue. But, yeah, the playoffs right now is going to be, to me, outside of that game and, and potentially maybe Golden State and the Nuggets, the first round to me is going to be a little lackluster. That's just my opinion. Yeah, and this is when I really start paying attention to basketball, um, the playoffs, because all the 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 handshaking, everybody being friends is, like, over with. It's all right, cool. It's winner, go home, and you can't go down 2-0 and expect, like, hey, it to be, like, an easy series and stuff. So you really want to see, like, the testament of, a lot of these teams coming out uh, for this, like, the second the second game. Um, before we end up, you know, we always do, like, the what kind of shit is that, so I want to go ahead and uh, see what you got for the day. Hey, my what type of shit is that is Baker Mayfield doing all these doggone interviews, man. He did <laughs> He went and did all these freaking interviews, and, and after, after saying, after just saying a few short months ago, before he had surgery, that he was no longer going to be on social media, that includes actual media. He didn't do it, yeah. but he made a, a quote about being booed. Being booed is a part. <coughs> being booed is a part of being a professional athlete, whether it be your home fans or it be away fans. Don't act like you ain't never heard of booed before. But he made a statement said, "What if I went to your job and booed you at your cubicle?" Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't, 
I got a problem with that because we're just fans. And we're we're we don't have the athletic ability to be on the stage that you're on or make the type of money that you're on. Fans are short fan is short for short for fanatics. So that means that they do crazy mm. things. And if you're 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 it's like he's so wrapped up with the media and he's so wrapped up with what people say about him, he's so sensitive to that, that it makes me wonder. Would I want you as a face of a franchise for my team if you can't even take criticism? Mm-hmm. So my what type of shit is that is Baker, shut the hell up, go sit mm-hmm. down, get healthy, and rehab and start working on your game. Leave mm-hmm. these interviews alone. You got enough money because you got like 20 streaming commercials, so don't worry about your money. Right. You're gonna make 18 million dollars a year regardless of where you go. Man, go sit down somewhere, man. Refine your your tools. Get back get back to what made you good. Get your mechanics and your accuracy together, and leave the damn media alone and shut the hell up. That's my <laughs> what type of shit is that? See, and, and with mine is it's on the lines of the same thing, but it's like the opposite direction because you see these fans who are t- like I've been booed before. I've gone to plenty of places and been booed or whatever. It happens. It's a part of the game. You get numb to it. And what I have a problem with is like those fans who take it over the edge and they feel like they're protected because they either bought like a courtside seat or in the front row or whatever, or they paid some exuberant amount of money to be there. And because that they feel as though we're as the athletes are going to get fired. If we say something or retaliate that they can just say any type of thing. It's like I said, I've been booed before it happens. Like you, you play a sport that's on like every channel, or whatever you're like, it's somebody, some, like they're, you're going to have people who care about it. And when you don't perform to the best of your ability or you if you're in the, like a rival stadium or coliseum or whatever, and then you're gonna get some booze. But with those who take it over the um, the the fence of like calling people like the mf'er or the n word or whatever things like that, it's like all right, cool. Now you're 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 stepping out of your lane a little bit. But then at the same time, get offended when the player like Kyrie, uh, we've seen he was like it was getting to him a little bit and stuff. And it's like, all right, cool. oh, he should be above that, and this and that and third. It's like, and see, and see, the thing is, I've always had the mentality of if I'm not going to say it to him when I see you in passing on the street, then this it's a high chance I'm not going to say it to it to you at a game. Like me being removed from the me removed from football, like and me being a Cowboys fan, like when I see the Eagles or whatever, I go to the Eagles game. Of course, I'm going to boo. That's just part of like the, the nature of the. The camaraderie of like this being a fan, but now if I see like Jalen Hurts, like he's hooping or whatever, I'm not gonna be that. Hey, f you, Hurts or whatever. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not gonna say that to him on the street. I'm not gonna call him out his name on the street. So I shouldn't feel comfortable doing that as a fan. I feel like now we've gotten to this image of like social media and everybody's like keyboard warrior. Like they got trigger trigger fingers, like texting fingers and stuff, and they feel like they can say anything on like. The social media lines, they they kind of protected, but feel a certain way when the athlete responds to that. It's like, oh no, you should be above that, and da 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 da. Like, nah, cause nah, you gonna get that smoke too. And, and I've had situations where I've gotten fans kicked out because they went too far, or I've gone back and forth with fans uh, at a game and stuff. Like, oh, you ain't shit. Uh, da, 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 like and just like going on a personal level, I'm like, oh, that's why you're sitting in the stands watching me or whatever. Hey, yo, security, hey, he's he's uh messing with my mental. I need you to get them out of there and stuff. And or I'll go make a play and then come back and start talking more shit to him and stuff. But 
sometimes, like, sometimes, and it's not all fans, like, majority of fans that I've met have been super cool, um, taking pictures and things like that. Like, oh, yeah, we just talking mess, this and that. Oh, yeah, chop it up, get a beer, and just keep it going. But there are all those who take it over the over the lines and it just messes up for everybody. Like, hey, don't, don't do that. I mean, absolutely. Like in high school, and I'm gonna let it leave. In high school, I transferred high school to play basketball. For I went to mm-hmm. Belmont, which is not known for really basketball, but I transferred to a, a more elite school for basketball called Colonel White in Dayton, Ohio. So when I transferred, you know, all my teammates at, at Belmont was like, "Man, we was building something here." I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, I took my talents almost like LeBron James, <laughs> and and I went to Colonel White, and we end up having a really good season my junior year, and I end up, you know, being, you know, labeled as one of the top players in the city." And they, when we went to Belmont and played, they booed the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. When they did the starting lineup, and they booed the hell out of me, and I was just like, "But it, it was all love, though." They, you know, the girls like, "Oh, you, yeah. you traitor!" And then the, you know, the crowd was booing me. Like, I, 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 it felt good though, like, because this is back mm-hmm. when Reggie Miller had did this to the New York Knicks. Remember when he put the choke sign up? Yeah. And it kind of, but after the game, all my guys came and hugged me. And it was crazy when I just went to L.A. I, one of my guys that was on my team in Belmont, I, we went out there. I hung out with him. And he was like, man, we could have been like the Lakers. You left like LeBron James. And, mm-hmm. and, and this, this is before the LeBron James thing happened. So I thought it was, it was pretty cool, man. But the, it was all in love, man. They booed me. It was like, you know, and I'm laughing about it because they booed me when I came out. But it made me feel good to a certain extent that y'all even wanted me to be there. So I, mm-hmm. I get what you're saying. But it can it, it should be in light heartedness. It shouldn't be where I want to kill your kids because you because you know I'm a fan and I'm gonna I'm gonna like you know I, it ain't no crazy thing like that. So I feel what you're saying, man. And like because because like even when I've had people recognize me, I'm like out and about and stuff. Like people opposing fans, like when I was with the Jets, Bills fans recognizing who I was I'm like, man, you guys gave us a hell of a game and stuff. I'm like, well, yeah, we just whipped your ass. So I'm like, and, that, and 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 that's cool. I'm like, I'm I'm not tripping off that. This is when you just take it over the line and just start calling people out of the name. And so it's like, come on, bro. I know you wouldn't do that if you see me on the street or whatever. It's like, come on, bro. Like, what you doing? But, but yeah, man, that's been the show. Been the show. Now it's kind of like, I feel like since we're um, feeling better now, we can get back on track and everything. Absolutely. We, we do appreciate everyone for tuning in and things of that nature, supporting the show. I see like our numbers, even in our absence over the past week and a half, like they're still booming so we really do appreciate that hey um, we definitely appreciate it we're gonna come back we don't want to make y'all keep waiting too long man we're gonna keep mm-hmm. giving y'all more as the nfl draft ramps up oh yeah i meant to tell you i'm gonna be yeah. actually live at the nfl draft i leave out on the 26th so okay. we're gonna we're gonna do a show from the draft we're gonna do mm-hmm. a show from the draft for you guys man we're gonna be able to give you first pick i'm gonna cover in the first and the second day 